0: It's May 23rd, 1991, at Carnegie Hall in New York City. Warren Littlefield has recently been named the new NBC Entertainment Vice President. Today, he's hosting the network's annual Upfronts, the showcase for the fall slate of television programming. But the crowd of affiliates, advertisers, and industry types is growing bored with the long presentation. All right, folks, I'd like to bring out a final... Very special visitor from the NBC family of stars. At this, the crowd straightens in their chairs. Who's he talking about? I've waited my whole life for this. Ladies and gentlemen, the king of late-night television, soon to begin his 30th season on NBC, here's Johnny. Carson strides onto the stage like he owns the place. The crowd rises to its feet. Thanks very much. Gee, what a fast-paced afternoon. You folks must be just short of a coma. Carson tosses off wisecracks, stabbing at NBC, its parent company, General Electric, Jay Leno, and Warren Littlefield. Then he switches gears. I would like to say that uh, this is the last year I'll be doing the Tonight Show. It's been a long and really marvelous run. Jaws drop among the NBC brass in the crowd. Standing in the wings, Warren Littlefield can't believe what he's hearing. Carson has been working under a year-to-year contract for a long time. But there's been no discussion of this bombshell. In the front row, NBC president Bob Wright turns to lock eyes with the network's chief contract negotiator, John Agoglia. All they can do is stare at each other in bewilderment. Not even the Tonight Show staff caught wind of this. But Carson just continues. We're going to keep going until next May. My last show will be May 22, 1992. I'm very grateful, and I bid you goodbye. Carson walks off stage, out the door, and into a waiting limo, leaving NBC executives dazed and confused. They have no statement prepared, and there's no successor to announce. A stunned Littlefield is swarmed by the press, but he's got no answers for their flurry of questions. If you travel, you know when it comes to love. See you soon. Can't wait. The sky is no limit. You know with your Delta Amex card, being oceans apart means meeting in Aruba. And booking a war travel with your card means saving 15% on Delta flights. You know, kissing under the bridge of sighs guarantees eternal love. Because you're the long-distance lovebirds. It's why you're a Delta SkyMiles Platinum American Express card member. If you travel, you know. take off 15, discount not applicable to partner-operated flights or taxes and fees. Terms apply. Visit go.amex. You know. Now, since you're a podcast listener, I'm sure you know all about how audio just does something to the imagination. So I'm really excited to tell you about how Audible's brand-new exclusive thrillers are brought to life with that kind of captivating sound design, the eerie soundscapes and dynamic performances. There's one that caught my eye. I should say it caught my ear. It's an Audible original called Sleeping Dogs Lie by Samantha Downing. It details the aftermath of a local businessman's murder in Marin County, California, a once sleepy suburb now part of the bustling Silicon Valley area. And as an Audible member, well, you get to keep one title a month from their entire catalog, including bestsellers and new releases. New members can try Audible now. Free for 30 days. Head on over to audible.com slash BW or text BW to five hundred five hundred. That's audible.com slash BW or text BW to five hundred-five hundred and try out Audible free for 30 days. From Wondering, I'm David Brown, and this is Business Wars. On the last episode, Arsenio Hall redefined late night for the MTV generation, and NBC rewarded network loyalist Jay Leno with The Tonight Job over perpetual malcontent David Letterman. But Letterman assumed the position would be his. And now, the backlash threatens to become a nightmare for NBC. Johnny Carson wages a surprise attack on his home network of 30 years as Leno's manager, Helen Kushnick, risks endangering everything they've worked for. The late night war is about to implode. This is episode four, There Goes Johnny. It's May 25th, 1991 in Los Angeles. Warren Littlefield is taking a much needed holiday for the Memorial Day weekend to spend time with his family. Forty-eight hours ago, Johnny Carson made the surprise announcement that he was quitting, and it's turned Littlefield's world upside down. He's been dodging the nonstop calls. Until now. The caller ID reveals the number of one of his executives. This can't be good. Hello? Warren, I'll make this quick. When are you going to make the official announcement that Leno's getting the Tonight Show? Next week. Why? Why? Have you reached out to Letterman to let him know? Not yet. Things have be getting hectic as hell. I'll call him later today. Call him. Don't you think you should meet with him? I know Dave's been hostile towards you, but he's made a lot of money for NBC, and he's been waiting for ten years to take over tonight. Look, I'm relaxing with my family. I really don't want to fly to New York right now to tell Letterman something I'm sure he's already heard through the grapevine. True, but. but we don't want to offend David, yeah. Look, I'll put in a call to his manager and go from there. David Letterman is spending his Memorial Day visiting his mother in Indianapolis. He gets a call from his manager saying Warren Littlefield wants to see him. Look, I'm on vacation. I'm not flying to L.A. What does he want? It's about the Tonight Show. Oh, what about it? He wouldn't get specific, but I'm pretty sure they're giving it to Leno. Letterman isn't shocked. He read a story in the New York Post suggesting that was the case, but there's been nothing official from NBC, and he doesn't want to believe it until there is. Well, tell Warren he can fly to Indianapolis if he wants to tell me something, especially if he's going to dump this crap on me. He ends the call and stares out of his mother's living room window. So this is it, he thinks to himself. Ten years following Carson, and now his big reward is following Leno, a guy whose career he saved back in 82 by letting him do stand-up spots on his show. And this is how NBC tells him? Calling his manager? His career is as good as over. Letterman may be willing to wave the white flag, But Peter Lasalle is not. Lasalle is Letterman's friend and mentor, and an industry insider with TV roots reaching back to the 1950s. He's also been the executive producer of The Tonight Show for over 20 years, a job he hopes to continue with Letterman at the helm. The last thing he wants to see is Letterman walk away from The Tonight Show without a fight. On June 3rd, he dials up Letterman in Indianapolis. Hi, David. I'm calling to find out what you're going to do about the Tonight Show situation. Well, nothing. It's Jay's show now. Uh, Listen to me. You can't think like that. You deserve the show. Uh, Gee, Peter, uh, what what do you want me to do? Have Jay rubbed out? Come on. You want the show or not? Of course I want the show. I've wanted it since I was a kid. Then it's time to do something about it. By the time Letterman and LaSalle hang up, They've got a strategy to stake Letterman's claim to Carson's chair, and it's just in the nick of time too. In 24 hours, Warren Littlefield and John Agoglia are meeting with Letterman in New York to deliver the final, official blow to his Tonight Show dream. But the NBC executives have no clue what's waiting for them. It's June 4th, 1991. NBC headquarters at Rockefeller Center in New York City. Littlefield and Agaglia are tense. They walk the narrow studio hallway like a gangplank, finally arriving at Letterman's 14th floor office. After strained pleasantries, Littlefield gets down to business. David, I want you to know that NBC couldn't be happier with your work at 12.30. It's the perfect time slot for you. And as you know... Jay's done extremely well filling in for Johnny in the last few years. Agaglia chimes in. He's an ideal fit for 11.30. Right. So after careful consideration, we've decided that Jay will be the next host of The Tonight Show. Letterman sits silently. He hasn't pressured the network at all, and Littlefield isn't sure how badly he even wants The Tonight job. Letterman's still got two years on his contract and NBC is prepared to offer him more money. Hopefully they can work this out and life can go on with the network's ideal late-night lineup, Leno at 11.30, Letterman at 12.30. (sighs) Letterman exhales and locks eyes with Littlefield. This is a real disappointment, guys. But if that's your decision, then you can contact my lawyer. Letterman stands up, stone-faced. I want you to release me from my contract. Letterman turns and walks out of the room, leaving Littlefield and Agoglia in stunned silence. On June 6th, 1991, NBC makes Leno's Tonight Show appointment official. He'll take over on May 25th, the following year. The announcement earns Banner Headlines... But when The Washington Post's TV critic, Tom Shales, contacts Carson to ask if Leno has his blessing, Carson evades the question. They didn't ask me one way or another. NBC never discussed it with me. But he's a bright young comic, and I wish him every success. Publicly, Letterman spins the situation, saying, I couldn't be happier. I think he'll do a fine job. But then The Washington Post story cites an unnamed inside source who says Letterman is furious and plans to sue his way out of his NBC contract. It's a move that would allow him to go to rival networks CBS or ABC. When pressed by Shales, Letterman says only that he has no comment. But it's more than enough to set the rumor mill churning. On August 30th, 1991, David Letterman appears on The Tonight Show. No. Well, why don't I just start off with a, uh, with, with a question here? Just uh, <laughs> Just how pissed off are you?
1: <laughs>
0: I've never asked that question in many years here. Johnny, let me. There, right. were, there were rumors in the paper you were going to firebomb NBC, you were going to do all well, these. Well, I like... hate waiting in lines, but I'd do it. <laughs> Oh, don't start with Sean as the rim shots. We'll never get through anything here. So, um, do you want to address this uh, question? Oh, Is there anything yeah. to address? Uh, no. I'm not angry. I was never, never angry. Now, would I, would I like to have the show? Oh, sure. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's honest. I'd like to be looking at new upholstery now, you know? i <laughs>
0: Over the Tonight Show's year-long transition from Carson to Leno, Helen Kushnick fully exploits her new position as executive producer. She becomes a toxic force, alienating the Carson camp and many NBC executives with behavior many see as ruthless and combative. But Kushnick couldn't care less, and Leno blindly goes along with her stern edicts even when she forbids anyone from speaking directly to him without going through her first. Those who disagree with her, regardless of rank, are met with a torrent of expletives. But soon, she goes too far. As Leno's debut edges closer, Kushnick pressures Warren Littlefield to buy a full two-page ad in USA Today welcoming Leno to tonight. Littlefield declines. The network is already buying an ad bidding Carson goodbye. To them, it's a matter of respect. So Kushnick threatens to buy it herself. She doesn't know it yet, but Kushnick's crossed a line. This is a decisive moment for her and the future of Leno's Tonight Show at NBC. And the new show isn't even on the air yet. Arsenio Hall's hip factor with the young demographic skyrocketed him to popularity, but by 1992, he's losing altitude. With the MTV age audience, what's considered cool changes quickly and mercilessly. Arsenio knows he has to change his vibe. But Arsenio can still get on magazine covers, and he uses them to directly challenge Leno. The April 17th issue of Entertainment Weekly features Hall in a black leather jacket and gloves. Gone is the usual expansive grin. Instead, it's replaced by a challenging stare and the headline, I'm going to kick Leno's ass. Now, a month before Leno's debut on Tonight, Arsenio goes for the jugular, saying Leno can never replace Carson. Leno has often declared that he and Arsenio are pals, but Arsenio denies it. No one put the late-night silver spoon in my mouth. I earned every drop of mine, and I'm going to treat him like we treated the kid on the high school basketball team who was the coach's son. We tried to kick his ass, and that's what I'm going to do. So get ready for me, Jay. The hard offense gets Kushnick's attention. She tells the wary staff that any guest who appears on another late-night show won't be welcome on tonight. And to shore up Leno's reputation, she goes after Arsenio. The future of Leno's career is at stake, so Kushnick hits back. And she wants nothing less than to kill Arsenio's show. It's May 25th, 1992, just two hours before the debut of The Tonight Show with Jay Leno. Helen Kushnick is in her office going over last-minute details.
1: Hello, Bob. Calling to wish us luck?
0: It's NBC president Bob Wright phoning in from his Connecticut home. Uh, yes, Helen. Uh, good luck. But I also wanted to know when Jay will be thanking Johnny. In the monologue? Wh- what's been planned?
1: We won't be thanking Johnny.
0: Wright is shocked. It's the right and respectful thing to do as the show is passed on. Carson deserves it, and the network wants it. Why not? We don't want to look like we're sucking up to Johnny's audience. This is a new show with a new host. Everything's going to be fresh. I think that's a huge mistake. If you would tell Jay to add some kind of thank you to keep the connection with Johnny, I'd take it as a personal favor. Sorry, Bob. It's not going to happen. I don't want us to be connected to Johnny.
1: I've got to go. Goodbye, Bob.
0: Wright sits on his couch with a phone in his hand as the line goes dead. He looks at his wife and shakes his head. As far as the network head is concerned, Kushnick just signed her own death warrant. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, it isn't just your business. It's your life, whatever your business might be. You want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. See, State Farm agents are small business owners, too. They know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options, feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant sort of looks the same? Well, amidst the chaos, there is one shining star that is certainly worth your culinary affection. Home Chef has you and the entire family covered for delicious meals without the hassle. Choose from classic meal kits that can be prepped in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, or quick microwave meals that assemble in minutes. My favorite recipe is carb-conscious and calorie-smart but super satisfying. It's turkey meatball pomodoro with roasted garlic butter broccoli. Look, we've tried a lot of home delivery meals before. But Home Chef is superb, from the taste to the simplicity to the selections. And for a limited time, Home Chef is offering my listeners 18 free meals. Yes, 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert for life. You can find it at HomeChef.com BW. That's HomeChef.com BW for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. HomeChef.com BW. Must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. It's June 1st, 1992, at the Waldorf Astoria Hotel Ballroom in Manhattan. David Letterman has taken one of television's least inventive forms, the talk show, and infused it with freshness and imagination. In front of an audience filled with industry brass from the major networks, Letterman is picking up a Peabody. It's the most respected award in broadcasting. As he makes his way to the podium, the room tenses with anticipation over what he'll say. Letterman's growing war with NBC is well known. He squints for a second, pausing to scan the room. Is uh, Howard Stringer in the house? Yes! Howard Stringer is the president of CBS. He's also a huge Letterman fan. He's thrilled that Letterman would use the moment to make a joke at NBC's expense, specifically referencing CBS. In fact, he's hoping it's more than a joke. After the ceremony, Stringer makes his way backstage. He wants to talk to Letterman. David, congrats on the award. Oh, uh, thanks, Howard. I think I can get a discount on cable now. I can get you more than that. I'm assuming you've heard CBS is very interested in you should you be looking for a job. (laughs) I have heard that, Howard. We mean it, David. Everyone in the organization is eager for you to come to CBS. I will personally do everything I can to make that happen. I'm glad to hear that, Howard. Thank you very much. Stringer doesn't know how glad Letterman truly is. Despite Warren Littlefield's attempts to get him to stay at NBC, Letterman is still wounded that he wasn't even considered for the Tonight position. He can't allow himself to become a second act to Leno. He wants to leave the network, and CBS is looking like an attractive escape hatch. Leno has a strong Tonight Show debut in May, but over the next few months, ratings begin to fall. Studio execs wanted Leno because his light, easy demeanor was a natural fit to succeed Carson. But now that the heat is on, Leno ranges from awkward to hyper. Interviewing has never been his strong suit, and that weak spot is becoming increasingly obvious. In an interview with the New York Times, an anonymous staffer blames Leno's poor performance on Kushnick. She yells orders at him regularly, even while he's on the air. Then, in September, Kushnick's draconian booking policies come to a head. Ken Cragen is a respected Nashville talent manager with a stable of big country artists. Several months ago, he got the singer Travis Tritt booked on Arsenio. When The Tonight Show producers call Cragen to book Tritt, he tells them it's not possible. Tritt's already doing Arsenio. So Kushnick calls him. She demands Cragen cancel the Arsenio booking, or Travis Tritt will never appear on Tonight again. And that does not sit well with Cragen. Cragen goes to the Los Angeles Times with the bombshell story, and it fuels the anti kushnick campaign already brewing in the halls of NBC. Executives can now point to proof of how she's mishandling the show. Kushnick responds on Howard Stern's national radio show. She claims Cragen's account is nonsense and that her issues with Tonight and NBC are due to a sexist male conspiracy of Hollywood power brokers. She orders her attorney to send a letter to Bob Wright and GE executives threatening a lawsuit against NBC for sexual discrimination. Finally, Wright and Littlefield have had enough of Helen Kushnick. It's September 20th, a Sunday night in Beverly Hills. Jay Leno opens his front door for Littlefield and Agoglia. As far as he knows, this is a meeting to discuss the show. For the executives, it's an intervention. I'm sorry to tell you this, Jay, but the problem with Helen has come to a head. NBC can no longer be in business with her. She's fired. Leno is disturbed, but far from shocked. He's had many meetings with Littlefield warning him that his manager was damaging the show and his career. NBC has made it clear to him that Kushnick should be let go, but Leno has resisted. Littlefield continues. If he can't separate from her, the only choice we have is to ask Letterman to take over The Tonight Show. Now, Leno looks shocked. You'd do that? Absolutely. So... Will you be at work tomorrow? Leno looks at Littlefield and stands up. I have to go work on the monologue. I've got a show to do tomorrow night. That's good enough for Littlefield. Unlike other NBC executives who favored Letterman, Littlefield has never lost faith in Leno's ability. Now, he has only one nagging question. After 20 years... Will Leno really be able to part ways with a manager who's helped him achieve everything he's ever wanted? It's December 1992. CBS President Howard Stringer makes good on his job offer to David Letterman. He delivers a three-year deal for over $12 million annually, plus bonuses. Ownership of the show's production rights for the 1130 slot against Leno and production ownership rights to a future 12.30 a.m. show. CBS isn't the only company bidding for his skills. Offers come in from Viacom, ABC, Disney, and Fox. But Letterman is impressed with CBS. It's a major network with a strong history, and he has deep passion for that broadcasting tradition. Now, Stringer is in a waiting game. And there are two big questions on the table. What will Letterman do? And how will NBC respond to the CBS offer? He thinks the network would be insane to let Letterman go. NBC's prime time is tanking. The network desperately needs its late-night power base. But Stringer will have his answers soon enough. NBC has 30 days to match the CBS offer. And the clock is ticking. On the next episode... David Letterman makes a decision that will change not just his career, but late-night programming as a whole. Arsenio Hall faces the end of his meteoric run. And Hugh Grant's bungled sex life saves Jay Leno. Hey, Prime members, you can binge every episode of Business Wars ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com slash survey. From Wondery, this is Episode 4 of Late Night Wars for Business Wars. A quick note about recreations you've been hearing. In most cases, we can't know exactly what was said. Those scenes are dramatizations, but they're based on historical research. We use many sources when researching our stories, but we especially recommend Bill Carter's books, The Late Shift and The War for Late Night, and Johnny Carson by Henry Bushkin. I'm your host, David Brown. Peter Gilstrap wrote this story. Karen Lowe is our senior producer and editor. Edited and produced by Emily Frost. Voice acting by Michelle Philippi. Sound designed by Kyle Randall. Our associate producer is Kate Young. Our executive producers are Jenny Lauer Beckman and Marshall Louie Created by Hernan Lopez. For wondering.
1: Hey grown-ups, the Cat in the Hat cast is a new podcast from Wondery, perfect for the whole family. Join the Cat in the Hat and your favorite Dr. Seuss characters as they get whisked away on a new adventure every week. Fish dreams of creating his very own polite and quiet podcast.